All right, we want to wish everybody um, a good afternoon again as we get ready to open out our next seminar. Uh, today we're going to talk about understanding the kingdom principle in Scripture. Understanding the kingdom principle in Scripture. And before we get into the Word of God, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer, asking you for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Pour out your Spirit upon this study, Lord, and this workshop, that we may all be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew the 13th chapter. We all know the text where Jesus says, and this gospel of the what? Shall be preached in how much of the world? As a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. That tells me in the last days is that we know the end is going to come because the end was prophesied by Scripture. That means that the gospel of the kingdom will be, will be preached by people who have received the principles of the kingdom of God and those who understand the principles of kingdom living and the kingdom principle as outlined in Scripture. Now, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 13 and verse 41, do you have it? The Bible says in Matthew the 13th chapter and verse 41, the Bible says, And the Son of Man shall send forth his who? And shall gather out of his what? Kingdom all things that do what? Offend and then which do what? So we understand from the scripture that when we understand the kingdom principle as it relates to the kingdom of God, that nothing that offends or commits iniquity will enter in. Do you understand what we're talking about? Therefore, it is very important that we understand this kingdom principle. The Bible says in verse 42, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. Those who chose not to align themselves with God's kingdom, the Bible says, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the Bible says, shall the righteous shine forth as the what? In the kingdom of their where? Father, that's the end result of the kingdom principle in our lives and our very hearts. It takes us into the kingdom of our Father. Who have ears to hear? The Bible says what? Let them hear. Understanding the kingdom principle in Scripture. Now, we understand that God is the king of all things. Am I right or wrong? He's the king of kings and the Lord of what? But there was somebody else that wanted to be king in heaven. His name was Lucifer. The scripture says that he would exalt his throne above the stars of God. He said, I will be like the most high. But what happened was, is that two men cannot rule on one throne. So somebody had to go and we know it was not the creator. It had to be the creature. So the scripture says that Lucifer was kicked out. He was what? And what we must understand is this, write this down in your notes. The theme of the Bible is about a king establishing a kingdom on earth. The theme of the Bible is about a king establishing a kingdom upon earth. Now, when God created this world, the Bible says that he made the, the, uh, the heavens, the light, the firmament, all the things we read in chapter one. Now, we understand that the crowning act of God's creation when he, when he, when he made man, am I right or wrong? The Bible said, let us make man in our what? Image after our likeness. Now, even though God was the owner of the whole entire earth, you must understand the spirit of prophecy says that Adam was to be the king over all of planet Earth. He was to be the vice representative. He was supposed to be the vicegerent or the representative of God upon planet Earth. And what happened was is that God gave commandments and decrees and statutes to Adam and Eve that if they would have obeyed them and followed them, their posterity would have obeyed them and followed them. And this whole earth would have been a kingdom on Earth where there have been peace, 
and happiness and holiness. Am I telling the truth? But what happened was, is that, you know, Satan had to mess it up and God had to test man's loyalty. So on this earth, though God was the king, the king had to give a law. He had to give a what? He had to give a law whereby man's uh, loyalty had to be tested before they were eternally secure. And we understand that this took place at the forbidden tree or the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now we know what happened. Man did contrary to what God said, and you know what happened. Man got kicked out. And since that time on planet Earth, there are kingdoms in conflict. What's in conflict? Kingdoms in conflict. The theme, the theme of the Bible, again, is a king establishing a kingdom where? On Earth. And what you will find out is this theme goes throughout the whole entire Bible from Genesis all the way to a book called what? Revelation. Help me, Holy Spirit. Now, in the kingdoms of conflict, these four things you need to understand when we understand the kingdom principle in Scripture. Number one, in order for a king to have the king to rule, he must have a what? A kingdom. So when you have a kingdom and you have to have a what? A law. So every kingdom has a what? To govern his what? On a certain territory. Am I telling the truth, somebody? Let's go over it again. When we understand this kingdom principle in Scripture, you will understand that in every kingdom, you have to have a what? And this law must have what? That obey that law, and the subject that obey that law must be found in a certain where? Territory. Now, we understand that the theme of the Bible is about a king establishing a kingdom where? On earth. But what happened was, this world was created by who? So he's the rightful king. Am I telling the truth? But what happened was, there's another kingdom called the kingdom of what? After sin came, those two kingdoms would be in conflict. So when you read Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the end of the Bible, you see two kingdoms in conflict. And with the kingdoms in conflict, you have philosophies, principles, and values in conflict. Are you with me? Well, you have two kings in conflict because the Bible does say that Satan is the god of this world. Am I right or wrong? This sin-cursed world, but God is still the rightful king. Am I right or wrong? So what happens is simply is this. You have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of what? Fighting against one another. Then you have two laws. The rightful law is the law of what? God, which is built on two tables of what? How many fingers do you have? How many toes do you have? Do you know why God gave us ten fingers and ten toes? To remember his ten commandments. Amen? Amen. And what happens is, is that you need ten toes to give you balance in your walk. Am I telling the truth? Try to walk barefoot with five toes, you'll stumble and fall every time. So the kingdom of rebellion is not built on the law of God. As a matter of fact, how many arms do you have? How many legs do you have? The law of love to God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love to man. Amen. The two principles of love. Why do we have it two arms and two legs? Because repetition deepens the impression. Are you with me? So what happens is God wants us to know in order for us to be balanced in our walk with God, we have to walk in love to God 100% and love to our fellow neighbor 100%. What do you say out there? And with 10 toes and 10 fingers so we can be balanced. Amen? Now, some people are born with six toes and six fingers, and that looks kind of yucky, doesn't it? <laughs> so thank God that God gave us 10 commandments, 10 precepts to govern our whole obligation to God and humanity. So what happens is in the kingdom, you have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of what? You have two laws, the rightful law of God, but you have the law of what? Which is the transgression of the what? The law. Now, we must understand that because of the sin of Adam, 
because of Adam's sin, we are all born with sinful fallen natures. Am I right or wrong? With a natural bent towards what? Evil. So what happens is without the power of Christ, we will always obey the law of what? It is the kingdom of rebellion's purpose. Somebody say purpose. It is the kingdom of rebellion's purpose to make sure that you don't keep the law of what? But you obey the law of what? And we're going to show you how he's going to do it. But thank God, in every kingdom you have subjects. Am I right or wrong? Because God's going to have some subjects. Subject means those who are under obedience. You have the what? Those who have given their lives to Jesus. If you don't know how to get saved, let me tell you how to get saved right now. Let me give you a commercial break for salvation. Amen? You, act, you believe that you are, acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner. Amen? And understand you cannot save yourself. You ask Jesus to come into your where? To forgive you of your what? And fill you with the holy what? And then he saves you from the guilt and the penalty of sin. Do you understand that right here? But what happens is you got to stay saved. Are you with me? Every day, salvation. We don't believe in one saved, always saved. You walk in salvation. You walk as a saved subject of the law of God in the kingdom of who? Did you know? Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Because when we come to God, when we come into Christ, when we give our hearts to Jesus, we receive Christ as our personal Savior. Am I telling the truth? And he wants to sit upon the throne of your heart. Am I telling the truth? Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 and when you get it, let me hear you say amen. amen. Because what happens is all have sinned and come short of the glory of what? Because we have sinned, we are all under the kingdom of what? If you don't make the change. Talk to me, somebody. So everybody in this room, when you read the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you see two kingdoms, Cain and Abel, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of rebellion. You see that right there. The antediluvians, those who got on the ark, were, the, were in the kingdom of who? And the, those who were lost in the kingdom of what? Those in Lot's day, those who left Sodom except for the white that turned back, what's the kingdom of who? God. And those that burnt in Sodom, what's the kingdom of what? One thing you will realize that those in the kingdom of rebellion are always in the majority. In the days of Christ, those who follow Christ all the way and stood faithful to him in the other room, what's the kingdom of who? God. And those who crucified him, the whole Jewish nation, were the kingdom of what? In the church. Hello. Am I telling the truth, somebody? So in these last, during the dark ages, the kingdom of God were the Waldensians and those who stood faithful to the scriptures and those Protestant reformers, but the papacy and all those that followed him were the kingdom of what? Always in the majority. Do you understand this right here? One thing about the kingdom principle when you read the Bible, that if you're going to be in God's kingdom, you're going to be in the minority when it comes to man. But with God on your side, God's always a majority. Amen? Amen. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, do you have it? God says, who have delivered us from the power of where? Or from the kingdom of darkness. Are you with me? And has translated us. What does the word translated means? For move from one place to another. So what happens is, yes, we have all been under the law of what? But we've been translated, I hope so, from the law of sin to the law of what? God. And what happens is, you're no longer lost, but you're what? As long as you remain in Christ. Are you with me? So the power of the Spirit keeps us obedient. That's where righteousness by faith comes in. That's a whole different story. Watch this right here. So you move from the kingdom of rebellion to the kingdom of what? Law of sin to the law of what? Move from being lost to being what? Therefore, you are a subject to the kingdom of God who has translated us, the Bible says, into the kingdom of his dear what? Guess what? When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at what? He was not talking about the kingdom of glory. 
when he would come in with all the holy angels? He was talking about the kingdom of grace. Somebody say kingdom of grace. The kingdom of grace that takes place where? And within. That's why Jesus said in Luke 17 that the kingdom of heaven is within you when you receive Jesus. So what happens is we are translated from one kingdom to another. You see it all throughout the scriptures. You always see the children of God going the way of the world. Am I right or wrong? And that faithful remnant, that 7,000 under the kingdom of what? You see it all through the Bible, brothers and sisters. Now watch this right here. So what happens is it's all taking place on the same territory called planet what? It's like the Dallas Cowboys against the Washington Redskins, the Lakers against the Celtics, blue versus gray, whatever. Are you with me? So you have two kingdoms in conflict on the same territory, but guess what? Somebody's got to win. Now, if gambling was okay and you had to gamble, who would you gamble on? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of rebellion? You know God's going to win. But folk are still knowing that God's going to win, put themselves on the kingdom of rebellion. Am I telling the truth, somebody? Now watch this right here. This is the bombshell. Now keep this in mind. The theme of the Bible is about a king establishing a kingdom on where? And God is the rightful ruler. And the law of his kingdom is the law of what? And those who are born again. See, God is a God's original purpose for you to be just be born from Adam and you'll be in the kingdom before sin. But now we got to be born what? Again. From the second Adam. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. See, in God's original purpose, what happened was we'd be born, if you'd have been born physically from Adam's loins before sin, you'd have been born into the kingdom of God. But because of sin, we got to be born again through the second Adam. Are you with me? Through the second Eve, which is his church. Amen? Come on now. So what happens is this right here. His subjects are the saved and the and Lucifer subjects are the what? On the same territory called planet what? And you know that because of sin, he has to burn up the earth up. Am I right or wrong? So what we see here is God is carrying out his plan of salvation as if man has never failed. You read it in Great Controversy. And the final culmination of the two kingdoms are going to come in the last days. And we're going to do a thing on Sabbath talking about the third angel's message. Oh, well, you, you got to come on Sabbath and on Sunday. You're going to have those in the kingdom of God who will be sealed in their where? And the Bible tells you how many are going to be sealed. 144 what? Whether it's literal or symbolic, that's for you. Just Ellen White said, just be a part of that number. Amen? All right. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not getting into theology on that, okay? But the Bible says the whole world go wander after the kingdom of the who? The beast. Watch this right here. It's going it's it's to get good on Sabbath and Sunday. Woo! Because the king of rebellion is who? Oh, I thought he had a red suit and pitchfork and a tail, right? Oh, no, he doesn't. He's a beautiful, handsome-looking creature, right? But guess what? He got some deception for you. Ellen G. White says in letter 244, 1907, she says, for how many years? Satan has been experimenting upon the properties of the human what? And he has learned to know it well. That tells me that Lucifer is the great psychologist. That means he knows what makes you tick, everybody in this room. The devil knows what makes you tick. So his job is to dispatch demons to have a psychological plot against you to make you move in a way that will lead you from the kingdom of God back to the kingdom of rebellion. Talk to me, somebody. That's the reason why victory over sin is very, very important. Because victory over sin is the kingdom of God, but, keep, but the new theology is the kingdom of what? Oh, you missed that right there. 
The new theology that teaches you're going to keep sinning until Jesus comes is the kingdom of what? But I got some better news. God is the master psychologist above Lucifer because he's the God of true, true psychology. Are you with me? Amen. And he has learned to know it well by his subtle what? That means his last day attack because he knows if I come, if he comes to you and say, look here, I'm the prince of the kingdom of darkness. Come and join my kingdom. You're going to be like, no. Right? So the devil has to come to you like he came to Eve subtly. By his subtle work is in these what? He is linking the human mind with his what? Woo! That's the reason why we better be linked up with Jesus. What do you say out there? The apostle Paul says that he that is joined to the Lord becomes one in spirit with the Lord. That's the reason why every day we got to die daily. Every day we got to give our hearts to Christ. And by doing that, we link our minds with Christ's mind. But listen to this right here. The devil is linking the human mind with his own, imbuing it with his what? Mm. His Luciferian thoughts. Not satanic, it's Luciferian, brothers and sisters. And he is doing this work in so deceptive a what? That those who accept his what? Know not that they are being led by him at his what? Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to the what? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? That proceeded out of the mouth of your television set. Talk to me. Or that novel you read last night. Talk to me, somebody. Or that, that, that Grammy and Women's CD you just listened to last week. No, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of who? And by living by this word, we are living by faith. We are imbuing our mind with the word. That's the reason why when we talk about illumination today, you are bringing the presence of God into your study to where when you have an audience chamber with the infinite one, God is imbuing his thoughts in your mind. Therefore, your character is being transformed into the character of Jesus, and Satan knows that. So what he wants to do is get our minds off the word. The great deceiver hopes soul to do what? That means you won't be able to hear the voice of God. You won't even know who's speaking, God or the devil, right? To so confuse the mind of men and women that none but his voice will be what? There is a popular singer named Alicia Keys. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Barrett, she could play that piano and can sing, but guess what? On a 60 Minutes interview, she said that when I write my songs, another voice tells me what to write. And it's not the voice of God because she's writing about sin and lust. So her music is the music of the kingdom of what? And did you know that each kingdom has their own music? Huh? The music from the kingdom of God, it was, which leads to obedience. But the music of the kingdom of rebellion is that which tells you to break the law of God. So you can know, see, right, right there, you know what's right and what's wrong. Because if it leads to sin, if you're singing about sin, you're singing against righteousness. If you sing about righteousness and holiness, you're singing against the foolish, trifling things the world has to offer. But the devil says that none but his voice, he says, will be heard. And let me tell you, he's using the entertainment industry like none before. You see this picture right here? Where's this person, this, this Advent is going to? Where's the seven day Adventist? Going to the what? Movies. To the movies. But the angel says, I can't go there. Uh, you laughing, but it's so true. Am I right or wrong? Because what happens is, is this right here. You must understand the devil can't come as a form of a snake no more because he knows if he came in the form of a snake, guess what? You, 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 you run away from a snake, right? I can't stand snakes. <laughs> but the devil put that movie theater up. Are you with me? Hmm? 
who use that television, that hella box, are you with me? Or the internet, are you with me? And he'll tell you, here's a blockbuster car, go get some videos. Because you can make a movie out of your house too, as well as your computer and your iPhone, right? But watch this right here. Ellen G. White says that many place themselves on the what ground? Oh, the E placed itself on the enchanted ground. Was it enchanted? Was that tree of knowledge of good and evil on the enchanted ground? So what happens is, is that when we talk about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness in the scriptures, and understanding the kingdom principle, there are territorial rights. There's certain places you just can't go. Am I right or wrong? In LA, you can't go into a certain place with red or blue on. Uh, am I right or wrong? Uh, you can be as, as innocent, but they'll think, oh, he's, he's, he's the enemy side, right? We got to do away with him. What happens is we as Christians in this thing called the kingdom, we got to always stay within the territory of the kingdom of God on earth. Because guess what? Satan claims this earth is his too. And in certain places when you step in there, you're on his territory. And what happens is you put yourself in a position where an angel can't go. She says, Many place themselves on the enchanted ground. This is from Signs of the Times, May 18th, 1882. Frequenting scenes of amusement where fallen spirits congregate. That means that's their place of abode. That's their headquarters. She says, professing Christian, when you resort to the theater or a concert, worldly concert too, remember that Satan is where? conducting the play as the master what? Whoa, if he's the master actor, that means all those acting under him must be under his control too. And there's a, there's a thing called Exposing Hollywood where Denzel Washington said he would pray to the spirits to get his inspiration to do his movies. He is there to excite passion and glorify what? Which are the very principles of the kingdom of rebellion. Because if he can get those emotions stirred up where it just feels good, you'll eat that forbidden fruit. Hmm? The very atmosphere is there permeated with licentiousness. In other words, just straight up sexuality out of control. And everything on, t on the entertainment industry is built on the worship of sex. Am I right or wrong? And I'm going to show you something. And this is a movie that came out. You need to know what movie it is. But in this scene right here, now, I mean, one thing that was his wife, right? But I think that's his, his wife right there. Is she liking what she's seeing? What commandment are they breaking? The seventh, right? Thou shalt not what? Now, he's breaking the seventh. She's breaking the tenth. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's husband. So this movie is portraying the kingdom of what? Rebellion. And when you watch that stuff, Satan, Ellen White says, he's linking your mind with his. And people know, unless there's some cursing, some kissing, and a whole bunch of sin, people don't want to watch it. Am I right or wrong? Or some hocus pocus. Are you with me? That's what, therefore, the Bible says, I am the Lord thy what? Which have brought you out of the land of where? This is Egypt right here, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of darkness. And what happens is when you understand it, everything transfers from after the flood. God had to start his own kingdom through Abraham. Talk to me, somebody. Abraham was to be a representative of God's kingdom, but in, in Genesis chapter 10, Satan says, I got to start a new kingdom through Nimrod. And so from Genesis chapter 10 all the way to the end of the Bible, you have Israel versus Babylon. 
and the principles of Babylon. And the principles of Babylon came into the Egyptian culture. So God had to bring God's people out of this Egyptian Babylonian culture, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And it's called the house of what? Bondage. Therefore, Deuteronomy 18 verse 9 says, when thou art coming to the land, which the Lord thy God giveth, they call it the promised land. Somebody say promised land. And let me tell you, the promised land is everywhere where you step on when it comes to obedience. Amen? Amen. Thou shalt not what? When you're watching something, you're learning. When you're listening to something that you should not be listening to or should be listening to, you're learning something. Do you understand this right here? And it's either one of the two kingdoms in conflict for your mind. You should not learn to do after the abominations of those what? They're on the kingdom of where? Rebellion. And you see it all through the scripture. The Bible says in Leviticus 18, verse 3, after the doings of the land of where? Wherein ye dwelt, shall ye not what? In the movies of today, in the entertainment of today, is it Israelite living or is it Egyptian living? It's Egyptian living. God says, don't do them. That means don't even watch it. Am I telling the truth, somebody? And after the doings of the land of Canaan, Canaan was worse than the Egyptians. Whether I bring you, shall ye not what? Neither shall ye walk after their what? Ordinances. God gave in the book of Leviticus, God gave the principles of his kingdom. He set up a temple for his kingdom called the sanctuary. He set up his rules for his kingdom, which is the Ten Commandments, the statutes, the laws, and the judgments. And by doing that, they'll be raised to a great pillar. But what happened was they did contrary. And when you read from the book of Judges all the way to the time they went into Babylon, the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and 2 Kings, what happened was that they were doing the works of the heathen to where God said, you did worse than the heathen. Why? Because they felt that the kingdom of darkness was greater than the kingdom of God. Watch this right here. There is a tragic duplicity in the church today. Can I show it to you? Can I show it to you? Oh, my shorty is it's going to be hot. Because watch this right here. We're living in a time where you have the what? Now, you need to watch this now. That has what kind of values? Based on the word of what? God in conflict with what? Okay, profess Christian values, okay? In conflict with a thing called what? Which is really the Canaanites and the paganism of our time. You understand this right here? of which the entertainment industry is being fueled and pumps the principles in the minds of people. Am I telling the truth? To where you have cultural what? And what happens is, is this right here. Culture changes, am I right or wrong? But God's values are unchangeable. Do you understand this right here? But there's a problem. Somebody said there's a problem. Now, if things were separate like this, we'd be all right. But guess what's going on? The cultural values have come where? You see that? Oh, you missed that. Let me, let me put that back. <laughs> the cultural values have come where? And so the Christian values become what? Spiritualized. Hmm? Talk to me, somebody. Am I telling the truth? So the devil says, if you can't beat them, join them. So what he's done is he's put the kingdom of darkness into the church and got the ministers preaching smooth things. Thinking they preaching the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God says he's going to take everything out of it which offends and which does iniquity. And it's in the church. And it becomes spiritualized. Like this right here. 
to where we're taking the devil's music, whether it's hip hop, rap, jazz, reggae, soca, whatever, and blues, all that stuff, and bringing it to the church. And nobody's saying anything about it. People are swinging and singing and singing and celebrating, brothers and sisters. But worse than that, if the music is like the club, people dress like they're in a what? In the club. Am I telling the truth, somebody? Her dress is too short, brothers and sisters. Let's go on. But thank God we got God's word. The word of God does what? Collides. Somebody say always collides. With human fundamental convictions about what is what? With human values. You may have to meditate on that. Thank you. We're living in a time where the church wants to be more world friendly. Talk to me, somebody. Rather than following God's rules for education, some are adopting the education of the world in our schools. Are you with me? And calling it Christian education. Talk to me, somebody. Oh, man, we can keep going on and on. The word of God always collides with human fundamental convictions. So whatever a human thinks is convicted on does not mean anything because it always collides with the word of God. You understand this right here? You have, therefore, you have the sons and daughters of man, which is the kingdom of darkness, and the sons and daughters of what? God. That's the reason why you shouldn't marry a, if you're a son or daughter of God, you should not marry a son or daughter of man. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I don't believe in relationship evangelism that way. Are you with me? If you know what I'm talking about. Hmm? All right. And watch this right here. So you have human fundamental convictions are in collision with what? With the word of what? Through the prophet. So you have divine revelation from the word. Then you have human fundamental convictions which come from where? Egypt. And the Egyptian philosophies have entered into the church. And we as a church, that's why Ellen G. White says, we are the church militant. We're fighting against this right here. Amen? And when you understand that from the word of God, you can see the two sides. It's always in collision. Now watch this right here. The whole world was influenced by Babylonian culture, philosophy, and principles, which at that time, the Egyptian empire was the chief culprit pushing that entertainment, pushing those philosophies on the whole entire world, and the whole world was corrupt. Am I right or wrong? And what happens is, it was all centered upon a man called the Pharaoh. And we're going to talk about the modern-day Pharaoh on Sabbath. Are you with me? I ain't going to talk about it right now. I don't want to get into all this right here. But you know he was a heathen. So you have this right here, always in collision, right? Then the Canaanites, where God told the children, don't marry them. I want you to cut all of them off. The subculture of the Canaanite religion was based on Baal, Dagon, all these false gods. And people would worship the statues and chickens and roosters and, and animals and stuff. And it was all messed up worship. But let me tell you this right here. The Canaanite religion was a religion that dealt with nature worship. Right here it was nature worship, sun worship, polytheistic. It focused on fertility and what? Does the entertainment industry focus on sexuality? Am I right or wrong? See, that's the modern-day Canaanite religion we have to fight against, because it's a religion, brothers and sisters. Because when Michael Jackson died, let me tell you, it was a church in Chicago, not a seven-day Adventist church, thank God. It was a church that gave a tribute to Michael Jackson where everybody in the church had a glove on, singing Man in the Mirror and Michael Jackson songs. Are you with me? That's worship right there, brothers and sisters. Have mercy. And this and this right here. Oh, man, I can't. It talks about the belief that one can control or aid the powers of nature by the practice of what? Do we have magic in entertainment industry today? 
because it's more, it's, it's very fascinating, and that's why people like watching this stuff. They believe that the licentious could secure the abundance of crops. In other words, the more horse you wore, the more prosperous you would be. And they did all kinds of religious practices. Violent, ecstatic festivals. Does that sound like the, the World Wrestling Federation today? The boxing of today? Huh? They had human, especially child and animal sacrifice. Sound like abortion today. Are you with me? Hmm? Burning incense, worship to false gods, ceremonial acts of bowing and what? Now at a concert, you say, everybody just wave your hand at the rapper. Are you with me? Huh? It's the same thing. Putting their picture up on the wall, right? Preparing of sacred mystic cakes. What happens is, is this, Michael Jordan on a cereal box will increase his sales. Are you with me? Or somebody else famous. Temple prostitution and orgiastic worship, that's the pornography of their time. Are you with me? And pornography is just as much a religion today as it was back then. Communication with the gods through sorcery, divination, and magic. That's Harry Potter and anything like that. What are we talking about? God says plainly, when thou art coming to the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, you shall not what? Learn to do after the abominations of these what? Nations. That's the only way you won't learn it is by reading the word of God. Are you with me? Understand the kingdom principle that when I'm born again, I'm under the kingdom of Christ translated into his kingdom. And watch this right here. When I'm in his kingdom, I'm under his lordship. So whatever the Lord tells me, I'm going to do. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things which I what? Say. You got David Blaine and Chris Angel, my freak. And you know why these shows are so popular? Because it's fascinating, brothers and sisters. And I don't want to talk about it, but these are modern day Canaanite wizards and should be put to death unless they give their hearts to Christ. And you have witches. I thought a witch wore an uh, 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 ugly hat and was on a broomstick, right? You got some beautiful witches. <laughs> Listen to this right here. It gets really demonic in certain cultures. They do this every year in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And then they got the movies. Friday the what? Huh? The day that Jason came home, right? And they glorify. Look what happens when you're watching these movies. You're not reading the word of God. The devil is moving upon your emotions, brothers and sisters, and he is raping them and he's manipulating your emotions to where you start fearing death. To where when the Bible says that if you don't worship the image of the beast, you shall be what? Killed. You forget about the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Am I right or wrong? And what happens is these movies are put out by the forces of the kingdom of rebellion and people are watching these things more than the Bible. And then they had a movie called Jason Lives. That's a lie because Jesus lives. Amen? 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 Talk to me, somebody. People watching. And you know what's so sad about these movies? Some of you have seen these movies before. Don't act like you ain't never seen them before. Are you with me? The movies the back in the 80s, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on What Street, Texas Chainsaw, what? They bringing them back in the 2000s. And if they're not bringing it back, you can watch it on YouTube for free. Am I telling the truth, somebody? And what happens is that people will spend two hours watching these bloody, satanic, sexual movies rather than spend two quality hours reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Revelation, and Daniel, and Proverbs. Are you with me? And then what happens is people's characters are being formed to where they look at him as a weak man. And they look at him... Oh, my. They look at Jason as somebody with strength and power. No matter if you kill him, I'm still going to rise again. 
have mercy. This is serious. But you know what Jesus would have did? Had he saw Freddy or Jason or the boogeyman, he'd have cast those demons out. Come on now. He would have stood there like, he would stood there and looking with love but with firmness and said, you don't scare me. Satan, get out of him. Hmm? And I ain't going to lie to you. I was 19 years old, and I was still scared of the dark. Are you with me? <laughs> After watching those Jason and Freddy movies. Are you with me? And where were those movies mostly shot at? In the country or in the city? Country. In the country. And when I read Ellen White saying, go to the country, I'm like, oh, no, I ain't going to no country. <laughs> but remember, Sister White said that Satan, under the kingdom of rebellion, will seek to speak to you to where none but his voice will be heard. And I thank God for the older folk in the Seventh-day Adventist church, the mothers and the fathers. You are that last generation that knew the old way. Because we're living in a time where you got Seventh-day Adventists who have forgotten about Joseph. Are you with me? Hmm? Or Ellen, are you with me? Or the pioneers, are you with me? Huh? And what happens is we're doing a new thing. And to where they say it's okay to go to the movies. Are you with me? It's okay to dance. Are you with me? It's okay to do what the world says. It's okay to be under the kingdom of rebellion. Are you with me? But they spiritualize it. Are you with me? But watch this right here. Movie called Love and What? Oh, they ain't husband and wife. And when I show this to my students, they be like, ah, that's my movie. <laughs> but guess what? I didn't write this on. Somebody said, you must have put that on there. Clever or what else? I'm a single man. I ain't supposed to be feeling like that. Are you with me? Well, if I do feel like that, I go to the Word of God. Amen? <laughs> the Bible says the kingdom of God says flee from fornication. But these movies say get as much of it as you can. So it has to be the law of sin put forth in these movies. So when you watch this stuff, you're watching something you ain't getting at home. Are you with me? And you want to get it, and then what happens is you mess your whole life up. Ellen G. White says in Adventist home, page 516, that's the reason why when you read the writings of Ellen G. White, she's always trying to get us back to the kingdom of God as it is in the scriptures. She says, vicious habits and sinful propensities are what? You keep watching this for day after day, you're going to want some of this. Are you with me? But listen to this right here. You know what's worse than that? That was like, if I can't get them or what they watch, I'm going to get them right here. Signs of the Times, May 18th, 1882, says, And outnumbering all other productions of the press, like the swarms of locusts that darken the whole land, comes the flood of novels and what else? To cultivate in the youth. That's why the devil is trying to get you at your young age and your mind be filled with the principles of the law of sin to where you don't know which kingdom you're standing on. To cultivate in the youth a love-sick sentimentalism to teach them. Hold it, to do what? That means they're learning when they're watching this stuff, when they're reading this stuff, when they're singing about this stuff. Even the music has the same effect as the rival and the movie. Why? Because they talk about love all the time. Are you with me? Hmm? Whether it's the 50s, where it was, why do fools fall in love? Or the 60s, you're my sunshine on a cloudy day. Are you with me? Or in the 70s, I want to rock with you all night. A, B, C, it's easy as one, two, three. Or in the 80s, candy girl, you're all my world. Or in the 90s, well, I, I lost track of the 90s, amen. I got, I got converted, amen. <laughs> amen. 
But you know what's out there right now. They talk about love, getting some, killing people, and you better than I'm better than you, and the East Coast, the West Coast, the West Coast, the Best Coast, all that foolishness. It's the same territory, planet Earth. To teach that courtship and marriage are the great object of their existence. And to unfit them for the practical duties of a useful what? Which would lead you to hell. Are you with me? So what happens is the entertainment industry is the Bible of the kingdom of darkness. But the Holy Scriptures is the Bible for the kingdom of God. Which one are you reading? And Christ said no man can serve how many masters? Are you sure? Talk to me, somebody. After Army Bible Camp, do I go back to the movie? Do I go back and listen to that worldly song? Do I read those satanic, lovesick, sentimental novels? Look at this right here, spy novels. Look at that right here. Ellen G. White says, the readers of what? Is it true? Therefore, it's a lie, right? Who's the father of lies? Who's the father of fiction? The devil. The readers of fiction are indulging in a what? That will destroy your what? Then she says, eclipsing the beauty of the what page? Sacred page. Uh Uh-oh. The sacred page is the sacred book for the kingdom of God. That means that the kingdom of God won't look beautiful no more. It will look ugly. It will look attractive. Therefore, we must understand that the fiction through the movies and the music and the entertainment industry is painting a false light where the Bible says that those who go to hell will be those who love and make a lie. And that's what it is right here. She says it creates an unhealthy what? Didn't Eve feel an excitement when she ate that fruit? Are you with me? It fevers your what? And true, can I tell you a true story? On Facebook, my dear friend, we grew up together. She had a book by her brother. She was not seven day event. And she said, ladies, if you read this novel, will make you want to do some licentious stuff. Are you with me? I don't even want to tell you what she said. Why? Because I've talked to students at Oakwood, and they've told me that reading a novel is worse than watching a movie. Because when you watch a movie, when you listen to it, when you watch a movie, what happens is, is that their imagination has been formed for you. But when you're reading it and reading about sin and all those stuff, you can form it your own self any which way you want. And what happens is it creates such an unhealthy excitement to where when it's time to read the Bible and read the spirit of prophecy, it's not as attractive. And therefore, you don't want to be under the kingdom of God, even though you want to be under the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And you start walking the broad way, which leads to hell. Oh, I tell you. Mm-mm-mm. It unfits the mind for usefulness. It weans your soul from what? And before you read the Bible, you got to do what? That means you know you're going to want to read the Bible. And disqualifies it for any spiritual exercise. Therefore, you're like, oh, I got to go to Army Bible Camp. Why don't I pass the bars? Just shut up. I don't want to hear no more. Are you with me, right? Huh? We got a work to do, don't we? You remember Aesop's fables? Remember Aesop's fables? You heard of Aesop's fables? A fable's a lie, right? So it's Aesop's lies, right? (laughs) And it must be for children, right? So the devil says, don't bring them to Army Bible Camp. Get them to read Aesop's fables. Ellen White says in volume 5, page 516, it seems wonderfully strange to me considering all that I have written in regard to the reading of exciting stories to see a recommendation for your pen to read Robinson Crusoe, Uncle Tom's what? And Aesop's Fables. My brother, you have made a mistake in writing that article. 
page 519, excuse me. If these books are among those which you have for sale, I beg them, never offer them again to our youth. Parents, don't let your kids watch it or read that stuff no more. Because there's nothing wonderful about some wizard from Oz. Are you with me? It is your duty, she says, don't ever offer them again to our youth. It is your duty to call their attention to the what? Is it what all your Bible camps all about? Yes. yes. To the Bible, do not become their tempter. Oh, that's deep right there. Their tempter. The king of the law of sin, the kingdom of darkness, by offering to them attractive storybooks, which would divert their minds from the study of the what? Wow. And a movie is the same as a storybook. Are you with me? Because all a movie is, is a story in motion picture. And a song is the same way because really a song is really a story. Thank you. We must ourselves be drinking of the water of life or else we will be constantly hewing out for ourselves broken cisterns which can hold no what? And folk wondering why they can't get a prayer through. Huh? And wondering why there's so much liberalism in the church. Are you, you know why the church is so liberal? Not everybody, not everybody in the church. But there's a lot of liberalism in the church. It's because folk have departed from the kingdom of God and they have mixed the kingdom of darkness with the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And that's why folk feel comfortable in doing all kinds of stuff. But the scripture says, thou shalt be what? Perfect. With who? The Lord thy God. God's calling for perfection from his children. Are you with me? And Ellen G. White says that imperfection of character is sin. So what happens is we got to disregard our own righteousness and get on the righteousness of what? And remember, let me use this story as an analogy. Whenever you see a football game, you have the home team and the visiting team. The home team has their visiting uniform, and the home team has their what? Home uniform. Let me tell you, God's home uniform is the white robe of Christ's righteousness. So you better put on white today, amen? But the visiting team, because Satan is a visitation visitor from, from heaven, are you with me? He's come on this field to take it over, are you with me? All his players wear spotted robes. Mmm, white and black. Are you with me? Spotted, like the hamburger. Are you with me? Some of you missed that. All right. Watch this right here. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. In closing, key point. The prophetic what? It's first a counter-cultural word of what? Judgment. Am I right or wrong? This word is going to go against the grain. And if you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, because really all through the Bible, you always see that remnant in Scripture. Are you with me? The Bible says, though the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant should be saved. Do you understand this right here? Only a small portion of people are going to follow the truth. Remember, divine revelation always collides with human fundamental convictions. And we got to make a stand. Amen. Because we have what's called Pharaoh what? Which is centered in who? Which leads to what kind of living? Humanistic living. Then you have Yahweh what? Which leads to what? Which is based on God's what? Which leads to what kind of living? Prophetic living. Brothers and sisters, we have to ask ourselves, who are we gonna align ourselves with? Either Pharaoh or man or with Yahweh, God's word. 
And when we link up with Yahweh, with his word, it will lead to prophetic living. And therefore, we got to reject Eurocentrism in our study of the scriptures. Are you with me? And we have to reject Afrocentrism when we come into the study of the scriptures. There should be no division in God's church, amen? Based on culture. Are you with me? It all leads to humanistic living, no matter it's white, black, Samoan, Chinese, whatever. Are you with me? It's always got to be centered in God's word. And, and, and I'm going to get past all this right here. It's all going through our church right here. We better make sure it's centered in Yahweh. Somebody say Yahweh. Yahweh. God's word prophetic what? Living. As I bring this to a close, remember, in the church, we have cult Christian values fighting against society. But these cultural values are trying to come where? And they have come in the church to where people have put a halo around them, to where cultural Christian values become spiritualized. Are you with me? But the Bible says, believe his prophets from the word of God. And so shall you what? Prosper. And when you prosper, who's that prophet you follow? It's Jesus. Amen. It's Jesus. Jesus and him alone. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was who? So when you follow Jesus, you're not going to be like all the people in the entertainment industry. Amen. You're going to follow Jesus. Let us kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you in prayer. We're not going to ask, Lord. We're going to surrender right now. Father, this entertainment industry, Lord, has eclipsed the beauty of the word of God. And Father, we reject the entertainment industry, everything it stands for, and the effect it has had on how we live, how we walk, how we talk, how we dress, and even how we come to the word. Lord, we put even our cultural biases, Lord God, to the word of God, Lord. Destroy it, Lord Jesus. But Father, we want to pray that you bring us into unity. White, black, Samoan, Spanish, Tongan, wherever they're from, Lord, bring us together on the word because the word is universal. And Father, we come into Christ. We ask that you would translate us back again into the kingdom of your dear son so we can understand this kingdom principle. May we be a part of that remnant that will be saved in these last days. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, amen. amen. Go and sin no more. That's the worst thing come upon thee. God bless you.